0: ya, this is Black Country Blokes chewing the fat with me, Kev Dillon, Lee Cadman, Craig Pinches, and Aaron Jew. Today, we're talking about travel. And when I mean to travel, that doesn't mean you've got to go to Japan or to Thailand. Travelling in is just getting out of your village. Like for me, getting out of Warleaf or King Winford. The beauty of travel is seeing things that you wouldn't normally see, talking to people you wouldn't normally talk to. And how I've had all my education, really is by meeting these people, that's why I'm very blessed to work in this boxing club uh, around here, or for volunteer, but I meet these people, and with their different uh, life experiences, they've lived in Yemen, or they're from traveling communities, the Irish or the Romani, and opened my eyes up to how uh, different cultures. Oh, I remember I went to your wedding, Aaron, mm-hmm. and it was so wonderful, me and our Kate went, and it was, it was wonderful to see a different culture, I think like, mm. like
2: when you're on about travelling I think that can, like events, you can be in the same area but if you you blessed enough to go to like you went to Aaron's wedding where it's, it's cultural, you know what I mean, like you see a, a Lord in Dudley and stuff like that and you think bloody hell, they look like they have a ball mm. and the amount of things you can learn from, from other cultures and that, like you say you've not necessarily gotta go out your area if you're lucky enough to have friends from, from different mm. backgrounds. You know, travel traveling it it is a big learning curve, and that's why they say travel while you can. Don't wait until you've got money to travel yeah. because you'll never you'll never have enough money to say I'm going there now. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Just travel. Yeah,
1: you know, while you To me, it's to what do. you travel on as well. Because I think about myself, and I, and there's nothing better than me, than, than going down to my caravan, but going on my motorbike, and mm. uh, that makes a big difference. Mm. Um, going over all the valleys and, the, and Elan Valley and whatever else, and it's just, it's great. It's great when you're on, the, on a bike zooming through all that compared Bec- to in a car.
2: Because you get to take it all in. I mean, when I'm, it's very rare I'm a passenger in, in, in a car. You know I mean, I'm a driver. Uh, I drive my family everywhere. Anywhere I go, I drive. But you know, when I am lucky enough to be in a passenger side and we're around countrysides, Mate, they, I mean, I'm a bird of prey. I, I love bird of prey. So you know when I see them, you know, the kites and that when we're on the motorway and into wherever we're going, and, and you see the kites and that and them hovering. I almost, like, you know, I shouldn't take my eyes off the road for that long, but I'm in awe. Yeah. And I think the beauty of observing the scenery and stuff around you, mate, it's, it's, it's unmatched. It puts everything into perspective. Calm, you find you in a calm.
0: Well, because I don't drive because of my eyes, um, it's hard, so I'm always the passenger, but like what I was gonna say is don't wait for people to come with you when you're traveling mm-hmm. And I learned this, like I'm uh, a being blind, so my brother lives in Thailand So I used to go over every year to see him, so I'd get to the airport, mum and dad would take me there Or one of my friends, and then I'd get uh, assistance onto the plane, then I'd get off the plane, they'd help me find my luggage and uh, Richard picked me up. So, but then when I was there, I'd go off travelling on my own. Mm. I'd uh, find someone. I'm a natural survivor. I'd talk to someone in a bar, jump on the back of his motorbike, go somewhere else. He'd bugger off. I'd jump on someone else's bike. And no. I bounced around when I went to Cambodia. Yeah. And I paid a tuk-tuk driver. I said, my name's Mi- uh, Mr. Kev. <laughs> and I'd give him some money. I went, whenever you- I won't see you, but whenever you see me. So he'd jump out going, Mr. Kev, Mr. Kev. And I'd jump in and say, where are we going? And I, I just went off. Ducking and diving on my own. Mm. So, and that was, that was such an experience. And I, I've met so many other people, and I say, go to Thailand, go to Spain, go to Liverpool, and they go, well, I haven't got anyone to go with. If you're waiting for someone to fill in your life, you won't have a full life. Sometimes you've got to grab the ball by the horns and just think, now's the right time for me to do it. Absolutely. And that, that's the journey. It's not the destination, it's the journey. And the journey, might be painful but they, they're even the painful bits are, are your bits
3: yeah definitely i just want to bit of a spin on that so i've been fortunate to travel quite a bit um thailand as well as you said thailand so one of the things travis done for me similar to how you pointed it earlier was we we it weren't necessarily okay we've got the money let's do it it was kind of like let's just do it and we'll figure that out later on because we might not ever get a chance yeah. so we been very fortunate to travel a lot of places and what me and my wife do we won't stay in the most kind of tourist area we'll stay just on the outside because what we like to do is one of the days we just like to go into like the streets and just kind of see what it's like so mm-hmm. Thailand is an example I remember one day we, god knows where we were we were literally like three four miles away from the hotel so we we're having to walk back had no wi-fi signal and we walked past this house and it's probably looking at 20 meters across here and there's like a three generation family there. It's almost like something you see on a television advert. So there was like a grandma in like a chair, there was like an elderly man, probably a son, and then there was a little kid on the floor. And um, they were just laughing, like you could hear them laughing, which is why me and my wife looked over across the road. And then just outside their house, well, it was like a little hut. There was like clothes, and with all due respect, like they looked like they weren't washed, but they were evidently Mm. just being washed. And, And we literally stood there for about 10 minutes. We didn't even say anything to each other. And we were just like, Wow. And like that was happiness, yeah. that was fulfillment, and it was like, they have so little. And I mean that like with all due respect in terms of like monetary yeah. stuff and all that sort of stuff. And we just thought like, because obviously we were budgeting before we were going on holiday, thinking have we got this, okay we've got this much saved, yeah. and we were like, what we've got saved is we could potentially probably buy all of that and be just as happy. And then it kind of mm-hmm. teaches you a lesson that like happiness and fulfillment, it's not with your money I'm doing like a hey, money gesture here, it's, it's here. And it taught me so much that when we come back, my perspective and gratitude for literally everything was on like another level, like, materialistic things literally don't bother me the one bit. It's about trying to be happy.
0: My dad always says about, I think it was an advert back in the day, mm. and a white guy sails up on this island and there's I I don't know man or wherever he's from, mm. on the beach, and he says, well, why don't you build some hotels, build this, and he goes, if you save all the money you can have, what, where I'm living now? Mm. Why do I need the money where i I get my food from there, mm. I pick my food off that, My, f- I see my children playing every day. Yeah. What else do I need? Yeah. It's
2: crazy, I Love mean, that. we was in Turkey in May for three weeks, and we liked to explore, me and my partner, and a and mom came and we had the two kids, and we thought, we'd heard of this place, and for the life of my core where it is, if I remember I'll say a, a little bit later on, um, and we thought well, we'll go on a day out there, and I'll I'll call it the real Turkey. You know what I mean? I'll shit myself. And getting on the bus and no one speaking English and trying to figure out how much we'd had to pay. Bus fare. It was a two hour like two hour journey there. Um that should have been an indication. And then we we got off the bus and we was in the middle of Turkish civilization, the universities of the, the we went there for a market and like, I, I was I was worried, you know what I mean, I have my kids and I'm looking around and there's there's patched up bikers, you know, t- Turkish bikers, all patched up and they, they've got their eyes and I was thinking fucking away, where am I? You know, there's no one like, and everyone's staring at us and me being the only white lad there tattooed up and, and whatever else, I, started feeling, I, I felt intimidated, I thought, bloody yeah. hell. And we went in the market and everyone was staring, I just wanted to have it away on my toes and say come on let's get back on the bus and let's go um, but we stayed there and nobody bothered us and when I went back and I spoke to um, an Arab that worked at our hotel uh, he said no what it is, he says, is because if an Arabian prince walks down your street you're gonna look, he said because they don't see people like you often so if I'd have had it away on my toes and, and, and just gone as soon as I was a little bit fearful of, you know what I mean being in the middle of Turkish civil, no one spoke English at all, you know, I wouldn't have experienced it, we experienced some of the some of the food there and whatever else and it was an experience, probably not not one I'd revisit quickly, because it was quite intimidating, but you learn a lot, you learn that, you know, what you think is not always how it is, you know, I thought that people were looking and you know, wanted my head on a steak basically, it's not like that. they were just
0: curious. I oh, we went to a place in Thailand, um Correct. But it was uh, in the jungle part, and we were there, and the kids would cry when they saw us because they thought we were ghosts because we were white skin because they'd never seen a white man yeah, before. But it, it, it was great because you're there and you learn about cultures and, but and you you're whining, you know, where you uh, put your hands together and you pray. And I love that scene. And no matter where I am, I always try and learn and say hello, thank you, and please, because that's common manners, and if someone will teach me something, I'll try my yeah. best to learn it. I think that, I mean, I was starting to learn, uh, you know, I, I'm
2: not even, I think it might have been Urdu, or something like that, um, our local shopkeeper, he was, he was teaching me, and I'd, I'd go in there and talk, talk to him, kind of in, in his language, like, digalala. You know what i mean like and i've talk, and people look at me people i grew up with or just people on the estate and look at me and say what are you doing mate you know what i mean i thought i like learning different languages i like learning different cultures and like going back to like the turkey story it you know it speaks volumes when the lack of understanding we've got you know when there's people around us that, that are from different countries and different cultures and different backgrounds and they struggle with english how frightful it must be for them for us to be getting our air off, not us
0: in general, but you know what I mean. But well, I mean, we're very lucky because English is the second language of the world, and when you go somewhere, you'll see a Russian talking to a Frenchman, talk to a German, all in broken English. Yeah. So we are allowed to hide behind our ignorance yeah. of where is the shop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we
2: we can't even speak English.
0: No i call. Oh, no, you call. <laughs> I mean, i <I'll> me. <laughs> but, you know, Well, like, tell you a story about generosity. We we went to Langkawi, which is in Malaysia, and our cars got um, rejected, and we had to go to pay phones. We were phoning up on the pay phone, and they're saying, yes, Mr. Dillon, I'll send you a bank card to War Leaf. and went, I'm in fucking Langkewe. What's he gonna do me there? And we, we had to go, and we had to try and rent a motorbike, me and Greg, very good friend, and uh, said, we haven't got any money, because. goes, I'll tell you what, have this motorbike and um, go and sort it. I went, but we haven't got any deposit. He goes, well, when you get your money, pay me. If you don't get it, it's just a nice thing to do. And I thought, bloody hell, I can't even get, if I go down to the Prince Albert and say, can I have a pint on the tick? <laughs> <laughs> and they'll say no. Only because they know,
2: you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, for these people, who, and I'm st- taking a bike and they haven't got much money, mm. and they're saying, well, if you haven't got it, at least we've tried to help you. And I thought what a lovely way That's of a being. That. It's that benefit of doubt, isn't it, that we... I mean,
2: it's, it's mainly like the, the westernised civilisation, they've lost all that and it's sort of um, a self-serving a nature. It, it? Exactly, like, not, what's in it for me? Mm-hmm. Or, do you mind following your bike? I'm I going to get into that. It's
3: entitlement now, isn't
2: it? <laughs> it's entitlement, <laughs> it's entitlement it exactly. You know, like like them kind of stories. You think that them kind of people don't exist, and that's why I say don't don't talk to everyone with the yeah, same yeah. brush, because you, it it's so easy for us to treat everyone like we feel we're treated, but, but then I, we become entitled. Absolutely, I think you know?
0: this hasn't even with traveling, but like in the working class communities, normally the people who have got the least are the most generous. Well, I'm used to it being hungry, so if you'd like to share my crisp sandwich, I know it feels to be hungry. Yeah. Whereas someone with a lot of money is. Well, no, I'm not going to give you yeah. a tenner when I've got hundred grand in the bank. Because yes. this is mine, they, they have no value of it, no think, compassion. that matters
3: so much. That's literally, you know how we were just speaking before this podcast, how <clears throat> I take calls with people on, yeah. on property on the way. And the, the reason I do that is one of the reasons when I first got into property, I lost a lot of money. And I had loads of sleepless nights and I was literally like in tears and thinking, fuck, what have I done here? Because I just took a gamble and it's like, knowing what it's like like you just said if, if someone's been hungry you don't want to see other people like that yeah. and sometimes i'm grateful for having that little yeah. bit of adversity in, in my life so you can kind of empathize with people yeah. i think yeah definitely. i
2: think i mean like when i've been working and that when i've worked on the building site or whatever i find different like when i used to work on the roads we used to have to reinstate and i used to find the upper class people we'll call them they they, they didn't even want to speak to me didn't even want me outside the house but you know like the working class folks do you want a tea? Yeah. How many chuggers? And I was like, bloody hell, oh, that's, that's magic words to our work, man. You, do you want a cup of tea? And I said, ah, we know what it's like, mate. Anything, like you say, it's, it's the ones with the least that you usually give the most. You know, that's how I was brought up, you know, our brick, like the bricklayer I work with now. Um, when I first met him, he had no lunch and he was going a bit, bit wobbly like. And I only had the sandwich. And i will give a sandwich and a pack to Chris and i will give them him. him. And he, he I, I found out he said afterwards, he said, yeah, he stopped me from passing out. He says, Oh, I'll never forget that And I think it was nothing to me. I mm. was hungry, so it was nothing to me to get the sandwich and a packet of crisps. You know, and not I think like you say, that entitlement stops that now. I mean it's replaceable stuff. I'm gonna go make another sandwich.
0: Most stuff is <laughs> most stuff in life is replaceable. Mm. Your family and your health isn't. But your bits mm. and bobs, you we always put some fruit on the desk at uh, the club so um, if kids are hungry have an apple, have an orange, have um, some bananas, because what is it? Mm. You know, food is to be ate if you don't get it, it gets thrown away and that's why this year at the club like every year we, um, we raise clothes and toys for either the women's refuge or people because I'd rather it go on Aaron's back or under Jasmine's Christmas tree mm. than to go into a shop where I'll give you for free, but you can spend £20 and it could sit on that shelf and then yeah. the wages and, lecky and the rent's got to get paid. I'd rather go, Lee, you have this top, Craig, you have these trainers, Aaron have, and Lee, you're putting clothes on backs. Yeah. And I think that's what we should do more of. Because not everyone's a hustler. Not everyone, well, he can afford it, he shouldn't be having it. Who are you, who are you to say that? Because you don't know what's happening. You don't know how much is in his bank. If he can make his life a bit better off, and you don't want it,
2: who gives a toss? And I think that's
0: it, like the assumption on people's
2: circumstances by us. Not, like I say, Norros us in general, but by a lot of people. That restricts them for from not giving nature, because like you say, that he can afford it, because the car he's got, because he's got it. But you don't know what troubles he's facing in know home, and you don't know how much a month he's paying for his car and whatever else. So why not give him something that you're going to throw away or, you know?
0: My good friend calls that the, uh, the golden handcuff scenario. Um, Yeah, he's used to having these holidays. He goes to Mexico every year and he's got a brand new car. And then by whatever happens, he loses his job. But his kids still expect the PlayStation. Mm. They still expect the holidays. So he puts it on tick, he gets it on his credit card and he has a loan. And then normally the poor bookers who end up topping themselves Mm. because they can't say to the wife, we can't afford it. But we've always afforded it. What would the Joneses think next door? Yeah, yeah. So he just keeps doing it and keeps doing it. And then lo and behold, he has no other way out. And what a tragedy that is. You know what I mean? And it's not that he's lost his health or he's lost someone. He just can't. He's lost that way of life. Yeah. And to him, he sees no other option but to take his own life. I what? think
2: that's like, like with like me, my son pretty much has everything he wants throughout the year. I've not got to wait for a special occasion and someone, a few people pick me up on it. I don't do it to be spo- to spoil him or I don't do it so he's a brat. He has to appreciate it. You know what I mean? If he's got two or something and his friends never got one, I've always said to him, I'll never shout at you if you give him one. He mm. don't know what it is and how much it costs. So it's our appreciation and the reason I do it is because my dad couldn't, yeah,
1: it's on the very and,
2: same and it's, it's not that we didn't want to, my dad did well by us, you know what I mean, and, and, and my mum obviously still together now, they did really well, we was always fed, always covered, my dad worked two jobs at a time you know what I mean, until he was ill and nearly lost his life so it's not about being um, a brand tart or a, about wanting to spoil him to be boastful because I'm not a boastful person and my son's not, it's about giving him what he wants, if he wants money off me, have it. Even if it's my last tenner, he can have it. And I'll say to my partner, he's got all the time in the world to have to worry about money when he's mm-hmm. older. Let him be a kid, man.
0: You know what I mean? And that's not. But I- it a shame there that you don't see the kids doing much for nothing. You know, just able to uh, kicking a ball and stuff and nothing. I used to think uh, when you go travelling, a lot of times you do see kids being kids. Yeah. Although now because of uh, Wi-Fi and everything, when you go away, mm. you do see more kids with a very snazzy phone. Yeah. Because even though they haven't got much, they are still involved in the world of the internet. There's, there's that saying, isn't there? Um,
2: I think it was tailored to, to like poor poor people, the quote was I read, and it was, Poor people don't have the most of anything, but they make the most of everything. Mm. And I think that, you know what I mean? They do, like when you see pictures of, of kids um, and them just kicking a ball, you know. No have, shoes on. Exactly, no shoes on, you know. And, and in, a, in a poverty-stricken country and they kicking a ball and the joy on their faces, you know. And it, like you say, that's what you get from traveling. You get to experience them different cultures and you sort of do, like, like you said, when you went to, yeah. where was it you went Thailand. to? Thailand. Yeah. and and it, you put it into a different perspective for you and our appreciation, where we think, oh, we're budgeting them, oh, mm. buddy, oh we hell, we're broke. Mm. We've got food in the cupboard, we've Absolutely. got a heated house. The lights are on. The lights are on, our kids are off, we're them in education, and that's the thing. Okay, we, we, we might be struggling to in, in comparison to the rest of the class system within our country, but we don't live in a shantytown.
3: Yeah. But compa- again, it comes down to comparison though. It's like, if you get to another level up and you become a millionaire, you're looking at, you know, the multi millionaires, then you're looking at the billionaires. Yeah. And I not, think some are like, I'll yeah.
1: be happy at a million. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know. I think, uh, I think we you spoke about it earlier. All <laughs> like for me to have enough money to be able to spend more time at home,
2: yeah,
1: is all is, is yeah. it. So, if I could have enough money not to work, and it's not that I don't enjoy work, I absolutely love work, mm. but especially with my daughter, I know I'm going to outlive her. So, should I be spending my time at home with her? Or should I be spending my time going to work?
2: Time, your time—it's our right old saying. Time is the is the greatest commodity commodity that you're ever going to have to trade. You know, you're never ever getting your time back. You know, and I think you said that before as as well on one of your podcasts. Mm-hmm. And and you never are. And I came up with an idea, and I still call get a painter to to paint it for me. And what I wanted to do was get like someone to paint a dad, a, a picture of a dad. With an egg timer, you know the, the the egg timer glasses, and like everyone's sitting there with their own egg timers with the lid off. So you got work, you got bills, you got gym, you got everything else, and the dad's slowly pouring sand into each one. And I wanted right at the end for a kid to be sitting there, you know what I mean, with a little egg timer waiting for his dad to pour. Sand into his egg time. It
1: very much, your kids can very much come last in that time. And hit.
2: and that's what I'd like to do with the painting, but I, getting someone to bloody paint it for me is a, a different story. But that, that it, it's down to that time, like we're travelling. Like you say, you, you don't travel much or you can't travel much. But even if you get to Stoke-on-Trent, or, or, or no, well, you don't go, work work. no, you don't <laughs> want to <go> don't <laughs> get to Stoke-on-Trent. But if you go to Stratford, you said to me the other day, didn't you, you know, when I was out for a day out, yeah. every time Kev phoned me in the past few weeks of the holiday, the kids' holiday, he said, you go on some good days out, because I was in yeah. Bridge North, and then I was in Stratford-upon-Avon, and I said, because I'd been working all six weeks, and my son had said said me, I thought, I want these last couple of weeks, I'm just going to take him on days mm-hmm. out, and it, I enjoyed it. You know, I enjoyed that more than sitting, writing music and whatever else, because I see him laugh, I got to play with him. So tra- travelling, like Kev said, it's ain't gotta be... You ain't gotta rock on a plane for four, five, ten hours. Mm. You know, you just gotta get about with who
0: you love, I suppose. Mm. Well, yeah, because when we were saying about you and the egg timer, that's uh I think I talked to all of you separately before we had this, because I had to feel like the world was on my plate. And because I feel like I was... For, uh, I, I started every day with a massive bunch of logs and I'd give Lee one, I'd give the boxes one, I'd give everyone one. Yeah. And I always felt like at the end of the day, I was just left with embers. Mm, and I was yeah. trying to <laughs> blow on the embers to keep my family warm. And sometimes what we've got to do is have a few logs for ourselves. That's because a, if we don't do that, it's only the ones we love the most and ourselves that suffer. Yeah. It's amazing though, because a lot
2: of the time spent he spent to try and provide a better, a better life, life for yeah. them yet mm-hmm. you robbing them of their best life because you meant trying to provide a better life
1: to me that goes back to backwards. my childhood because I was very much like you uh, we had a, mom, a single mom um, and we had a roof over our head and had food on the table she always provided that but you also see as a kid what, your friend's got that new mm. Nintendo? Mm. And now I associate that with my son, thinking I don't want him to get to school and yeah. see that, you know, be that one that's left out. And well all my kids, that one that's left out. And my dad was the same, so my dad got hand-me-down clothes. So now he's older, earns a bit of money. He um, he makes sure he yeah. goes out and design a gear. And it's not that really like he's overly fussed, but he's in his childhood, yeah. he had hand-me-downs and that was always, that always stuck with him. That, and, and he was teased for, for that.
2: My, my dad was like, because his mum passed away when he was like four or five. So he was raised by my granddad and they were never a rich family, you know what I mean, in the 60s and 70s. And he used to say to me, in our house, I think he was one of eight or one of nine, he said, it was last up, worst dressed. Mm. You know what I mean? You had mm. to like get up to get your clothes. And like for that, re- like I put an old song of mine and it was hand-me-down clothes. That's how we got dressed. But Dad's work ethic—that's how we got fed. Mm. And that's paying homage to him to say, look, at the time when I was getting victimized because I wore Dunlop and Airtec and Itec and all, you know what yeah. I mean? All, all the. I'll say the shit, and well, mate, at the time, Puma, King, Gastro, Terse mm. with the tongues, the red ones and the black and gold, they was a thing back in the nineties when I was at primary school. And you saw this one sport, right, and whatever, like he'd have all the best, and they'd just look look you up and down, you think, mate, and you felt so, so insecure as a kid. Kids are vicious, man, and kids are also very. Um, sensitive. Obvious,
0: that's the beauty of this country, and a lot of people des- um, argue about having uniforms at school. Both fully agree with yeah. uniforms because yeah. it's the only thing you had to have was half-named shoes, and yeah. at least then you could wear, you could have one pair of trousers, one shirt, one blazer for the week, yeah. but if you had to every day had to go in that same, mm-hmm. it must be very, very tough. But there's no shame in it, man. No, like, there's no shame, yeah, like, but it's like the bullying. I used
2: to love when my auntie used to come round for my cousins, like me and my brother, because we were like 11 months different when we was only kids, and my mom and dad would be talking to my auntie and uncle, rabbiting away, and we'd be sitting there just looking at three bin bags, thinking. Come on, hurry up. <laughs> we we want to get in Give them beanbags, bags like. And <laughs> yeah. We get in and they mine. And we used to love it. It was like Christmas for clothes for us. Mm-hmm. But, it, you know, if anyone found out, it, you got ridiculed for it. But now, knowing what I know now, and that's that, the beauty of hindsight, is that I, would, I don't care. I'm, I'm proud and I'm glad. Absolutely. That, you know what I mean? I'm proud and I'm pri- I feel privileged that someone has not threw the freaking clothes away. Mm-hmm. They've given to us. You know what I mean? And I think that's...
3: I think we, we were lucky in our generation, like you said, I'm the same as you, mm-hmm. pretty much the same upbringing, but I grew up now and in hindsight, the one thing I did get was meals together yeah. every single night. Mm-hmm. We used to watch films together, we used to go to Samo Valley on the weekend, yeah. we used to go for a cinema once in the Blue Moon or McDonald's on like every other Friday. And we used to do that stuff. And what I realized is it's that quality memory time of love, yeah. which is really important. The flip side is the kids nowadays, what they've got is this mobile device in their hand and they're seeing everyone do amazing things, literally 24 seven. Yeah, And that comparison kicks in. Yeah. But we were fortunate because I grew up now and I sometimes think you know I wanted the Mega Drive, I wanted this, I got none of them. Yeah. And about four years later, I got the old master system, which was already like 15 years old. <laughs> yeah. but, mate, I was over the moon because I had Alex the kid and I was you know having the time of my life. and cut long story short when, when we started fostering kids and um, the first thing we did was the same thing we we were in a better financial position all of us uh, i was working in london i come back and me and my mom went to toys r us and we took the two lads kyle and josh and we said whatever you want because my dream growing up was buy toys r us because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> i could never go yeah. and when i didn't go it was like you can have one thing but your limit's like 10 quid or yeah. quid, whatever which, which was fine i used to buy like wrestling figures so anyway, we took these the kids were crazy picking up everything throwing everything around and uh, the bill came to like 1800 quid right we are like Fucking hell! Right, fair enough. These kids have had literally nothing. Put it in, and we went to like IKEA, me and brother did their beds. We literally give them everything. I'd say a weekend, never touched any of that stuff again. It went straight into the loft. We should have returned it, like, but we're thinking they want it. They want it. And all they used to do is just wherever we were watching TV, just come sit by us right in the middle. And even till this day, like, all they want is family time. So although we're thinking in the back of our heads, it's okay. Let me go get you an iPad, or let me get you this. Really, it's probably how's your day been. Let's have a conversation. Yeah. Let's talk, or do you want to go grab some lunch? Should we'll should just make some book together, absolutely, mate. Because memories <laughs> that all my like happiest times we're never, were never actually when I got like the masses when I was playing. It was like I got to watch that film with my dad yeah. doing that, or my I'm mom like, did this with me. Do you know what I mean? See, that's that's that really to me, important.
2: that's an impactful story. Like I like hearing stuff like that because that is that's from experience. Mm. That's not you just preaching. You know, this is how it should be, and this is what you should do, and this is what you shouldn't do. This is you saying my experience. We've done that. Mm. And they didn't touch any of it. All
0: they wanted was to be with us. I have to do a safeguarding course every three years. Mm -hmm. And we think of um, abuse. Not sexual abuse, nothing to do with that. Mm. But abuse, neglect. When you think of neglect, you think of that scruffy kid who uh, is wearing dirty clothes. And yes, that is neglect. But neglect is also the banker and the doctor who just comes in and goes, here's your hundred quid, go away. Daddy's having his glass of wine. Mommy's doing this. Neglect is, as it says on the tin, not giving time. And that, uh, someone whose wealth can give as much neglect as someone who's poor. Neglect is not having that time, that love. What you've just said, them them babies who your family mm-hmm. took in, they were neglected yeah. before, as yeah. you never neglected them. And that, that could be, I've only got two pounds to last me the week, yeah. or I've got 200 grand to last me the day. Yeah. yeah. It's not about the money, it's about the time and the love. That was like there's a social media post that you've probably
2: seen posts around ages, and about that kid who asked his dad how much he earns an hour, and mm. yada yada yada, and his dad goes off on him because he's always working. And right at the end, he says, "You know, I just wanted to buy some of your time. I just, I just wanted want to know how much I got to save up to just to buy your, your time." And you know, it it is powerful yeah. stuff, and I I think it's important to to cut yourself free from that. I need to get this. I need to get that. And it's still nice if you can. But if you can't,
3: give him the time. Give him five, ten minutes, I guarantee you. That's what, that's what I would ask for more. My mum went three jobs pretty much all her life until she got depressed and then she had to give up work. And yeah. I, I The only thing I'd ever ask for, not or oh, could I have had an extra one of this one, just stay at home a little bit more. She was like, never home. So it's like that moment she was home, because I'd never had nothing to play yeah, with, yeah, yeah. it was like, oh, brilliant, mum's home, would chill with her. That was like the best memory ever.
2: It's right though, he's like, I can't look back and think, yeah, I remember when mum and dad got me out for Christmas, or I don't think, yeah, I was happy, but I can't think it meant something to me. But exactly. you remember when they took me somewhere in the car or to a caravan somewhere, and you think, that time that dad nearly broke his bloody and neck. And it'd be the same for your
3: kids. I bet if you sat with your kids and said, like, what, what was the best day of the last month or something, yeah. I'm sure they'd say, you know, dad, when you took us to Bridge North, or...
2: That's no, it, they will well turned around and say, oh, it's when I reach the next level and got a new skin on Fortnite, oh, you know. They yeah. exactly. know,
0: you know, because that's them short-term fads. J- Jasmine, whenever I say, what's your favourite part of holiday? And she always says, when me, you and mommy were lying in bed eating daddy crisps because oh, we have uh, Pringles on holiday and we all sit down in bed <laughs> and we we have daddy crisps. Oh, and that's God. always her favourite part of holiday. There
1: you go, mate. Do you really like Pringles? <laughs>
0: <laughs> She's <is> grossly obese. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's
2: a beautiful... Time is a beautiful thing. You just need to... You just need to accept... Appreciate it. Mm. You know.
1: It is a hard balance, though, isn't it, between um, providing enough and... Bru, do you want to, why do you want to provide this is why I get, Jay, that's
2: my the time, why do you want to make it big in the music industry and, and, and get the money and whatever? I said, because I want to do music full stop in a dark room making music, knowing you long and took care of. I said, but to provide a better future for my kids. And they're always says to me, yeah, but you're robbing their childhood, the money kids wants. Mm-hmm. And don't matter like, how many times you're it. I mean, it's starting to sink in. Like we saw, with like youth sold. It does sink in.
3: It's the opportunity cost, though, isn't it? That that's with anything in life. Yeah. So like, I'm sitting here now, whereas I could be sitting at home with my wife. You could be sitting with your kids. Yeah. You know, you could be sitting at home with Yasmin. But yeah. that's just that's life. And I think yeah. the, the one thing that I realised and this is through that like, experience when I speak to people, is whatever you do, make sure A, you wanna do it, and you're not just doing it for the ground yeah. or you're doing it for someone else, but then once you've done it, just make peace with it, because mm. you're never gonna get that time back. So I went into uh, um, social work, and then I was like, oh, fuck, this isn't, yeah, I can't yeah. make a difference here, and then I just had to, to give it up and make peace with it, otherwise I could be beating myself up that for the rest sense. of my life, being a social worker, and being unhappy for the rest of my life, whereas now I'm happy, I live life on my yeah. own terms, I do exactly what I wanna do, but I had to make that decision. So everything I do now, and it's just a little tip, as soon as you do it just make peace with it because you wouldn't have wanted to do it in the first place otherwise yeah anyway. if that makes sense Man, and that's why we regret
0: some don't feel guilty for being ambitious mm. don't feel guilty for, i want to be 100 a music i want to be because that's what we do we feel guilty yeah that is time you can spend with your children and we all want that but at the same time it is okay you've got your own life as well
1: haven't you yeah, yeah. you've got yeah. your own ambition
0: it's yeah. okay to think I want this. I want that Bentley. I want this holiday. Oh, yeah, because we're human beings, and as as much as high and we want, we do want stuff, and that's okay. Mm. And when you get it, don't feel guilty for having it. Yeah. You know, because you can only give so much, and that's where we go wrong sometimes with charity work and everything. We're going, well, surely I could give a little bit more. Give what you can. Yeah. But don't feel guilty for your own successes. Just make peace with it, yeah, yeah. The, make the, peace. The flame of your candle, though, have to dim because you want
2: to light your kids up I suppose mm-hmm. That sort of thing. You've got to keep that burning inside otherwise you become so depressed. Yeah, if you lose your purpose, yeah,
3: then everything, everything will fall apart. If you look at most people I and mean, you think, think back to maybe like our grandparents' ages. The moment, like for example, my granddad's mom, he worked his whole life, got, got us into this country, worked however long. Moment he stopped working, within like six weeks, gone half. His purpose was gone. Set, yeah. Similar with my mom, like she worked her ass off from like cleaning, like literally cleaning asses as a like healthcare assistant. All, yeah. oh, got herself a degree at like forty-five, and then depression and stuff kicked in. Then she literally lost the purpose, and
0: mm.
3: she's like lost now. And it's like trying to get that back in. And Tyson Fury just did a brilliant. Um, it was a five-minute clip that Rock re-shared on Instagram. It was it was emotional because obviously it's close to my heart, the mental health story. Yeah. And he talks about it, and he talks about like. Growing up, I think from 14, he goes, I knew I was going to be the best. I knew I was going to X, mm-hmm. Y, and really want to do this. And he goes, And when I got it, it was always, it was like, Shit, what now? And then he obviously went into this dark Absolutely. tunnel. He'd only
1: planned up to that point. Absolutely.
3: And then what he realises, he goes, Actually, you know, what the only thing I want is just to be happy and fulfilled. That's mm-hmm. it. So now they yeah. were talking about how he he's now like, I'm going to exercise every single day. And I think right at the end, he says, and they're like, what, even after boxing? He goes, yeah, he goes, I'm going to carry an exercise and I look like The Rock. And I think that's why The Rock yeah. retweeted it. But if you watch that, I'll share it in the group, actually, because and I'll share it, I'll put the link on this podcast. But it was so powerful because that's somebody who, especially kids here, come to this gym, we want to be the world champion. Everyone wanted to be a world champion, as yeah. most guys growing up. But then it's like, then what? And, and that, that's the thing, he never had a then what? And, uh, he, and his purpose was literally, that's it, he's done.
2: Is that the one where we said he only ever wanted to beat Klitschko? No, he, oh, he, he no, just wanted no. to be the, the, world, I, the world champion. champion the I have seen it. that, though, where he said he only ever wanted to beat Klitschko, yeah. once he had... You find that a
1: lot with people who achieve, don't they? Because they don't... Uh, there's no... Uh, that, that's been your full focus for that long. Mm. Mm. You know, and you find then, actually, you hit that, and you're like, okay, I didn't plan for... Yeah. For
0: anything after what, when communities yeah. folded, when the mine closed and the docks finished, mm. everyone had a place. But when, when it went, and there's no reason to wake up in the morning, mm. there was no aspirations. That's it. That's it. So, what do I do? I'll go and buy a bag of this, or I'll go and have a couple of cans of that mm. because I had no purpose, and it, that that's sad. So, never feel ashamed to want to better yourself.
1: And sometimes you can have too much time on your hands, can't you? Mm, they I say agree.
2: The, they say the purpose of life is a life of purpose. Mm. You know, I've heard that one before, and I watched him, and uh, the old documentary, and he, he said, you know, I believe people die when they want to die, when they've got no reason to live. You know what I mean? And it all boils down to keeping your own vision and your own purpose. You know, Something
3: bigger than yourself, I would say. Yeah. if you have something bigger, than like for, for example Kev, you've probably got your own goals but really it's bringing up these kids yeah. and helping them, and obviously you've got your family ones but for this gym, and the beautiful thing with that is that's never going to stop because young kids are going to keep coming in mm-hmm. you've always got a purpose, you've always got a new oh, yeah. person to help them with their confidence come over, so indirectly you'll always be doing it, yeah. but just make sure that one day if ever you have to stop this, there's something else that will get you out of bed as well, that's really important
0: yeah, bang on so if- I think we'll finish on, on on about the club, a little saying that I always say to the lads when I'm absolutely hanging out their own arse and they can't breathe, <laughs> and I always say, you've earned the right to be tired, but you haven't earned the right to give up. Right. So until next week, gang, terror a bit. Listen,
1: listen, listen.